This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio, wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. Hey, how goes it? Welcome into the Black and Blue Report. It's your podcast, Saints and Pelicans fans. I'm Sean Kelly, and a good Friday to you from the Smoothie King Center Studios in downtown New Orleans. Big weekend, huh? <laughs> LeBron James and the Cavaliers here to play the Pelicans tonight at Smoothie King Center. Sunday, Cam Newton and the undefeated Carolina Panthers taking on the New Orleans Saints across the street at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. By the way, the Dome's topping the day. High school state football championships are underway. I think it's the private schools this weekend. Um, and then the public schools next weekend. So it's crazy downtown, but in a, in a fun kind of way. So I'm, I am, uh, I'm ready for a great sports weekend. There's no doubt about that. A couple of upsets, be even better. So we'll see how it plays out. We're going to talk about all that stuff here today, especially uh, Saints-Panthers with the voice of the Carolina Panthers, Mick Mixon. He is here on our podcast. And uh, from the Eastern Conference and ESPN.com, it's Michael Wallace, who was based in Miami. He covered LeBron James for the years that he was in Miami and really is, a, is an expert on the Eastern Conference. The Pelicans will play basically this whole next week against the East. So it's a very good time to get uh, with Michael Wallace. So it's 4-15 and 15 New Orleans versus 13-5 and 5 Cleveland tonight. Uh, you know about the 11-win Panthers coming in on Sunday. Uh, the pump is primed to uh, to really make a splash. Look, <laughs> you could be the talk of the NBA and the NFL by the end of the weekend uh, if you put together two great performances here. And so uh, we're looking forward to that. Look, if you watched the football game last night, you never know <laughs> what's going to happen. I mean, really? The way that that game ended between the Packers and the Lions? Look. That's why they play the games. Oh, by the way, go ask Anthony Davis about that, too, with regard to his Kentucky Wildcats. I bet Drew Holiday's given him the old business today. The UCLA Bruins uh, knocked off UK yesterday, and so Holiday, a UCLA guy, uh, and Anthony Davis aren't afraid to uh, send some jabs back and forth. So Daniel says it was kind of – was there a, that going on in the locker room today? Yeah. All right. Hey, speaking of the locker room, um, Daniel Salerson, as we are recording our podcast, just got back – in preparation for tonight's broadcast on the Pelicans Radio Network, um, had a chance to uh, stick a microphone in front of Alonzo G. Two reasons why that's important. Number one, Alonzo played four years in Cleveland. Number two, he will probably have to defend LeBron James tonight for a good portion of his time on the floor. Here's what he was saying about it. We just got to come out and be aggressive, you know, on the defensive end and, you know, try to make it tough for, you know, all those guys. And, I mean, you know, it's going to be tough, but, you know, we just got to – Play with force like Coach wanted us to do and, you know, try to make it tough for on the defense end. Did you play with this team before? I did. I have. I have played with them. Does so. that make a difference that you know certain things? Or? Um, no, nah, because when I played there, it was a, you know, totally different, you know, team. And, you know, they got a new coach over there now. So I didn't I didn't have the same coach when I was there. So it was totally different. Coach, you talked about uh, one of the biggest keys on defense right now is just simply like keeping your man in front of you. How do you guys do that? You just challenge each other to you know just be, be a tough on defense, basically. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we gotta you know challenge each other, you know, hold each other accountable, make sure you know we're doing our job. You know, coach always tell us do our job, and you know, those are one of the things we have to do well. Do you feel you'd be defending LeBron? 
Um, no, nah, I mean, I don't, I don't feel like I play anybody single coverage. You know, I feel like my teammates, you know, always behind me. You know, you know, supporting me, helping me out there on the defense end. So, uh, I mean, there's gonna be ISO moments, but I feel like my teammates gonna, you know, pull over and help as well too. So. You guys played Houston the other night. I mean, 41 percent that they shot from the field, which most times that would win. The, the turnover was a problem. Do you, you feel you guys gotta put it all together? That's the thing that you've been having a problem with as a team. Yeah, I mean, you know, later down the line in the game, we, you know, we turned the ball over a few times and. I feel like, you know, if we, you know, didn't make those mistakes, those many mistakes, then, you know, we could have won the game, you know, easy. And speaking of LeBron James, he also spoke this morning uh, prior to his uh, lone visit here to the Big Easy this season. We understand every night we step on the floor, no matter what the record is, we can't. I mean, I didn't even know that the Wizards was on a four-game losing streak when we played them. So it doesn't matter when we go against teams. Uh, they're going to give us their best shot, and we have to be ready for it. So um, I think guys are very excited about this opportunity tonight. What LeBron James probably did not discuss is the fact that the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers have lost four straight visits here to New Orleans. Uh-huh. Keep that in mind as that 8.30 tip-off comes your way tonight on Fox Sports New Orleans and the Pelicans Radio Network. Um, I think there may be a couple of tickets left for tonight's game. So if you want to get in on that, it's 504-525-HOOP or pelicans.com. Still to come, Michael Wallace from ESPN.com will talk NBA and especially Eastern Conference with him. And coming up next, we'll finish up our Saints-Panthers preview with Mick Mixon, voice of the Panthers, right after this. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. Ever been surprised by a bill? A big bill that's higher than expected? Entergy's online tools let you take control. Try level billing so there are no surprises. Pick a due date that works for you. And sign up for alerts to remind you when your bill is due. Make your bills fit your budget. Don't wait another month. Take action today at EntergyIdeas.com. That's the power of people. Entergy. Looking for the perfect holiday gift? Well, give the gift of Pelicans basketball with the Pelicans five-game holiday plan. Packages start as low as $49. Pick your favorite five games, including matchups against the Thunder, Rockets, and Clippers. The Pelicans five-game holiday plan makes a great stocking stuffer. So call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to order your Pelicans five-game holiday plan today. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Our preview of Saints and Panthers continues this week with a good friend of this uh, very program, and that would be, of course, the voice of the Carolina Panthers, Mick Mixon, who must be enjoying this 11-0 start to the season uh, over there in Carolina. Hello, Mick. Sean, how you living, brother? I'm doing great. Now, traditionally, you've come on here with, with a certain humble... Uh, southern charm, uh, sandbagging 
as one from the North might say, a little bit about your football team. I'm not taking any of that today at 11-0. I'm just here to tell you. Well, you're going to have to because <laughs> we're no juggernaut. I mean, we've, we've had a great start. It's been pretty splashy, but we're still uh, just a little bitty old Southern team here that a lot of national people think joined the Sunbelt Conference this past summer. So uh, I, I think that in all seriousness, so, Sean, it is, as you know, because you've covered sports for a long time, coaches for a better part of a century have long understood that there's no greater motivator than paranoia. Everybody's out to get us. They don't think you can do it. Nobody's saying good things. They've disrespected you yet again. So now what are you going to do about it? I mean, what gets a team more frothed up than that? The Panthers happily have had this. We've been, over, we've been able to throw a leg over the saddle of this horse almost every week, even from back in the preseason when Sports Illustrated picked the Panthers to finish fourth in the NFC South. And it, it keeps going even this week. No less of an authority than Jason Silver of the website 538, a brilliant writer, writes that the Panthers are the worst 11-0 and team in history. Hello, testing. Yeah. Is this on? Uh, uh, that's uh, like saying uh, you're the. That's like saying you're the ugliest Victoria's Secret model ever, or that you're the dumbest astrophysicist ever. I'll take the label. I mean, really? Come on. I know. Uh, uh, l- let me ask you two questions. That I don't think are fleshed out enough. Maybe they are in Carolina, but not not beyond the borders. Number one, how much of this season is rooted back in the way that they finished last season? in that quick little win streak to emerge from what was a disastrous NFC South? First of all, I said it wrong. I think I said Jason Silver because i got a good friend, Jason Silverstein, who lives out in Seattle. Nate Silver is Nate the Silver. writer yeah. to whom I referred. Uh, I think really you're, you're dead on it, Sean, in terms of the, the, the taproot that nourishes this team. The Panthers aren't getting along well because we're winning. That, that's easy. The, the Panthers are winning because of the cohesiveness in the locker room. And this team, it takes coaching well, interesting blend of veteran, some big personalities, as well as some young guns. But I think a huge thing that doesn't get talked about much outside of, of our building here is the coaching staff. This is a limber, nimble, fast-twitch, neurons-firing, creative, not-scared coaching staff. And Sh- Sean McDermott, Mike Shula, Eric Washington, Ricky Prohl, Steve Wilkes, and there are others who, who are head coaches in waiting, and that's helped immensely. Well, you just pretty much answered my second question, which was about that coaching staff, and led up by a guy who's, who I would imagine, if I asked, if I polled NFL fans across the country, I would venture to say that the majority, the majority, Mick, would not be able to name Ron Rivera as the head coach of the Carolina Panthers. I know, isn't that isn't that funny? And, and of course, you you can understand it. I mean, just move about the world and see how celebrity obsessed our culture is. A recent survey, uh, seventy, I think it was around seventy percent of adolescent girls surveyed said that they would rather be the personal assistant to a celebrity than have a prominent job in a Fortune 500 company. So until the Panthers get to the top of the mountain, if that I mean that day may never come. The Saints have experienced it, all credit to them. Tampa Bay has experienced it, all credit to them. Uh, there are other teams that have, have been there and then fallen off. But until you get there, you're just, you're just in that soupy undertow of the NFL. You're just a team that's swinging its sword, trying to stay afloat. 
When it comes to Cam Newton, whom you've known for a long time, um, what is the big step that he's taken to be more of a complete player? I think it's just incremental steps. I mean, there's a tendency among uh, writers and broadcasters like us to try to look for a, a signature moment for a, a watershed play or some part of his mechanics that he cleaned up, some coaching that he, he got, some, some fork in the road. I think with Cam Newton, it's just the continued evolution of him as a signal caller, Sean. I think it's helped the Panthers in a you-wouldn't-want-to-go-through-it-again kind of way that Kelvin Benjamin got hurt. Not having the elite receiver, not having that primary, who could be primary even if he's not open, has forced Cam to, to, to evolve even more quickly as a diagnostician of coverages, fan the ball around. I think that my uh, – I, I wrote a little piece about this the other day for, for Roar Magazine. How often – how many birthdays you had, Sean? Well, I've had 43 as I can count best. 43. Okay, yeah. I'm 57. So how often in our life, we've lived 100 years together right on the nose, just about. So how often in, in that time do you get to see somebody that's a one-off, unique, minute-stamp-died original? In my lifetime following sports, Muhammad Ali comes to mind. Nobody had ever seen a man that size with reflexes like that and with that megawatt smile, that, char- that charisma. Magic Johnson, nobody ever really knew what to do with a 6'9 lead guard that could play back to the basket that had a hook shot, a baby hook. And I think in, in there we could go on that, down that road, but my point is that Cam Newton is that guy. Now, legacies are defined by championships, and they're defined over time, and Cam Newton, by that measuring stick, hasn't done anything yet. But when else in the history of NFL, the NFL have we seen this? Have we seen a guy with that size, that ability to run, that passing ability, and that telegenic personality that he's got? Well, one one would have to think real hard about it. That's for sure. But but again, as you mentioned, you know, legacies are measured by those championships, and so one would one would sit there and say, Mick, that this is all great and good, but there isn't a proven track record there, and we don't know yet. So, so what do we do as far as being careful about anointing an athlete like Cam Newton maybe too early? Is that is that fair? <laughs> That's a great call. No, very fair. I think what I think that it's I think that it's it is it is the responsibility that each of us have to take an evidentiary view of life. What can you verify? Uh, is there any science behind it? So what do we have in Cam Newton? We have an enticing uh, prospect who's at who's at or near the height of his his powers, but for whom the best may be yet to be, and he may not break through. Think of all the yards that Philip Rivers has thrown for. Think of all the Tony Romo late-game heroics and all the touchdowns, the completed passes, all the adoration, the idolatry, and the Big D. But they, don't, they haven't even been to the Super Bowl. So it is a very exclusive fraternity. Only about three dozen men are in it, and, and it may never be for camp. But um, I don't think the Panthers would trade him for anybody right now. No, certainly not. And, um, and defensively, Carolina has put themselves in a position to contend here. Josh Norman's story um, is one of my favorites. What he's done, uh, Mick, you see it up close and personal, but I'm so impressed by the way that he's played it. And, and, and he's, he certainly has to be right, a big reason why that Carolina defense is as potent as it is. Oh, you've got to have a, a corner that can take the Julio Jones or whoever it is, the, the, the elite receiver 
and and help limit them. You're never going to just shut them down. But but Josh Norman, I've I've told buddies of mine here in the Carolinas too that they asked me about Josh Norman, my son by marriage, Jonathan. He he's he's fascinated by he if he walked into a room and there was Cam Newton over there, Luke Kuechly over there, Barack Obama over there, uh, Josh Norman over there, he'd go right to Josh Norman. I mean he he loves this this young man. And I've told friends of mine that Josh Norman, think of him, think of Chris Rock with elite NFL cover corner skills. Because <laughs> that's the kind of, I mean, Josh Norman starts talking. He, he's, he's Richard Pryor funny and just keeps it up the entire game. So not only do receivers have the problem of not being able to shake free from Josh Norman, but they have to hear about it for three hours. See, that's entertainment. I, you know, I hope that never goes away in our game. That's for sure. Um, Mick, what's your favorite story about this team so far through 11 games? There's got to be you're a great storyteller, so there's got to be one that kind of almost summarizes what's happened so far. I guess I would go to Cam Newton taking down a banner. In it was it really be sort of two stories melded into one. Cam Newton taking the banner down in the Green Bay game, mm-hmm. and then following that up with the next week with the the dance at Tennessee causing people to to I think misunderstand Cam Newton in a public way Cam Newton is not out there doing gang signs throat slashing crotch grabbing torso thrusting Cam Newton is not trying to engender ill will by taking a, somebody's banner down Cam Newton is trying to defend his house and show everybody that he's not a mercenary. He's not just here because the Panthers are paying him. And, of course, they are paying him, and he's cashing all those checks like we all would. But this is his home now. These are his fans. This is his stadium. And and he's got a heart for kids and the heart of a kid. And so I think that that these these two incidences combined are sort of emblematic of the the childlike exuberance that Cam Newton has for the game and, and how his teammates and Panther fans feel about him. I read into things too far usually. How much of this behavior from Cam Newton uh, is related to the car accident that nearly took away his career, maybe even his life? Almost none. Really? It, it's the, the car accident wasn't – people have asked me, you know, what, how did this change his perspective? And, yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's caused him to, to look in the rearview mirror of life a time or two, and maybe he's seen those, those words that we've all seen, caution, objects in rearview mirror can be closer than they appear. But he's the same guy now that he was then. Okay, fair enough. Saints and Panthers this weekend, or as you might say, Panthers and Saints this weekend. Can you leave me with a unique note that you'll use during the broadcast of Sunday, Mick, uh, that might help tell us the story on Sunday afternoon? I don't know. The Panthers just signed this uh, this, this uh, Jack Russell Terrier of a corner named Cortland Finnegan. And Charles Tillman may not be able to play in the Saints game, so it'll be interesting to see. I think it's one of the subplots of this game is will Cortland Finnegan be able to learn enough, quickly enough, of Sean McDermott's defense to come in and play? Will he even have a jersey on Sunday? I think that will be interesting. And then he's been he's been a fist fight a minute at when he was at Tennessee. I mean, just a irritating player. One of those guys that you're glad that he's on your team if 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 he's not you know, when you've had to compete against him. And then, you know, then I just think the other thing just goes to Drew Brees. Drew Brees is still Drew Brees. The Panther coaches are very worried about his about his uh, short and mid-range passing game and the deep ball. How, how do you think this game is going to go? 
Well, I, you know, every time I think I know about this team, I don't. And that's what makes it intriguing on Sunday. And I think back to the ability to end the Atlanta streak earlier in the season and the motivation is to Carolina basically embarrassing you on your own field last year. So I hold on to those things with regard to the pride of a professional athlete. But at the same time, Mick, uh, this Carolina team is, is complete enough. And we've been around a complete team here to see it go all the way, and there are striking similarities. So I'm torn, as usual, when it comes to anything that involves the black and gold right now. Yeah, you can't figure it out. I mean, you can't, you can't predict. Uh, this is the NFL. It's not college where you figure LSU is going to beat Louisiana Lafayette 99% of the time. In the NFL, if you don't play well, you're going to take a loss because every team has good players that could start for you. Well, another reason why I think they've slid this uh, game into prime time for that 325 kick on Sunday. Um, Mick, you're a very good friend. I hope that you enjoy this ride very much because they're special and they don't come around very much except for this Sunday. And, and if, if, you, you know, if you're okay with that, sorry. <laughs> well, we'll – I love being a part of the process. It's a results-oriented, uh, it's a results-oriented game, but the process is fun. I feel real good for the guys uh, on the team that have worked so hard. And so, yeah, we just we gotta we gotta take and make a nice get in the playoffs and then make a nice deep run so that our NFC South brothers can be proud of us. Absolutely. Safe travels to you and your coworkers and the Panthers this weekend. I look forward to seeing you on Sunday in person, Mick. Sounds good. Yeah, come find us in the visiting radio booth there in the dark, dank dome. Yes, indeed. There he is, Mick Mixon, voice of the Carolina Panthers. The New Orleans Pelicans have the perfect way for you to unwind with your buds by scoring the Guy's Night Out six-pack presented by Fulton Alley. Packages are available for select Pelicans home games throughout the season and include two tickets and four beers. Plus, Fulton Alley is throwing in a free game of bowling, all for as low as $50. Take flight with the next Guy's Night Out on Monday, December 7th against the Boston Celtics. Visit pelicans.com to plan your Guy's Night Out today. Fall is here, which means there's a new purpose to get excited about at Smoothie King. It's time to bundle up against the weather outside and give your immune system a little extra support on the inside. At Smoothie King, we're blending our new Immune Builder smoothies to help you stay strong all season long. Fortify your body with more than 2,000% of your daily vitamin C and all-natural immune supporters like vitamins A and E, zinc, and selenium. Try a mixed berry or orange Immune Builder smoothie today. Only at Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. The Harlem Globetrotters bring their 90th anniversary world tour to the Smoothie King Center for two shows Saturday, April 2nd. Witness some of the world's best athletes execute unbelievable feats of ball handling, trick shots, and comedy. It's the team's most epic tour in 90 years and a lifelong memory in the making. Score your tickets at Ticketmaster.com and don't miss your chance to get in on the action at the Smoothie King Center, Saturday, April 2nd at 2 and 7 p.m. What's up, Pelican fans? This is Anthony Mackey, a shorter, talented version of Anthony Davis, and you are listening to the Black and Blue Report. Go Pelicans. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report here on this Friday. The uh, Pelicans get set for the Cavaliers. We've been talking about that. This game tonight starts the first of four straight against the Eastern Conference for the New Orleans Pelicans. And so with that, we, we better get somebody that has, uh, has some expertise on the Eastern Conference, and to do that, we get Michael Wallace from ESPN.com. Michael, good to talk to you again. Hey, likewise. Thank you. Thank you for having me again. 80 in Miami? No fair. It's like 40 in New Orleans today. Yeah, yeah, but like I say, man, when you add in the rain, uh, that sort of puts a damper on everything, literally. So it's been raining for the last three days here. 
No doubt. Hey, did you get to uh, see that game last night up close and personal with the Heat and the Thunder? Pretty cool game. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was the best game Miami's played all season. You know, their, their record uh, was a little bit deceiving because they played a lot of games at home and a lot of games against teams that were missing either their best player or their second best player. But they needed a sort of a breakthrough, you know, epiphany-type moment, and they got that last night and that you know, 38 lead changes and then, you know, eight of those lead changes in the fourth quarter and then Dwayne Wade finished it off. So it was a they hope the bottom up and carry through the rest of the season. Michael, is Miami the second best team in the East or does it still reside with the 11-5 and Chicago Bulls? I, you know what? I think it's still up in the air, you know, because, you know, Indiana went out west and had a really, really good stretch. You know, they're making a claim for it. You know, Washington went to Cleveland last week beat them pretty badly, but then went home and lost to the Lakers. So I still think, you know, just about everyone is flawed. Uh, you know, there are a lot of teams that look great on paper for the number two spot in the East, but I wouldn't say there's a clear-cut edge by anyone at this stage. I think another another month of playoffs will see from there. Yeah, and I don't want to make it out to be that everybody's playing for second place here, but at the same time, Cleveland, who is as good as they've been, certainly isn't running away with the Eastern Conference at this moment, Michael. No, they're not. They're not. And, and the reason why is because they still haven't been whole yet. I mean, they still hadn't played one game this season with their projected starting five. You know, you really can't evaluate those guys until Kyrie Irving comes back and then they get him on Shumpert. Um, that's not to say that they get a pass, but for them to still be ahead in the East without two starters in their lineup, I don't know if you could say the same thing if that were to happen to any other team in the East. So when you have the ultimate neutralizer in LeBron James, which you guys will see tonight, um, you know, he can he can make up for a lot of things that go wrong with the roster. And oh. right now, Cleveland is the class of the East, but not by far. But when they get Tyree, you know, Tyree Irving back, um, I, I think they'll really take off a little bit from there. Are they drama-free? I mean, I know they're not injury-free, but as opposed to last year, are the Cavaliers more drama-free than they were at this time a year ago? Yeah, but just because it was LeBron's first year back, there was still some discomfort with uh, – you know, how things were going to work out between him and Black. You know, Black still had to prove that he could, he had a handle on that team. I still don't know if he absolutely runs the show. You know, obviously, LeBron James is highly influential on that roster. But when you get, you know, LeBron is taking more of a leadership role. You know, he's t- telling those guys pretty much what their dress code should be on the road. You know, he's taking over how long they stay in certain cities when they travel. Um, you know, he's arranged the practice schedule and everything else. So, I think everyone is, is sort of falling into their roles. Kevin Love is eager to play, and he's happy to be back out there. So you're getting a good Kevin Love right now. And, and I just think that, you know, Tristan Thompson got paid. So right now is a stretch where these guys should be happy, should be settling in uh, to what their roles are until they can get healthy. That's fair. Michael Wallace here from ESPN.com. Michael, let me just play devil's advocate for a moment here. Um and I don't think this is going to happen, but let's just say things go south a little bit for the Cavaliers, even just a little bit. When you have a player like LeBron James deciding on when you practice and when you don't or what kind of a hotel you stay in or those kind of things, and all of a sudden things start to go south a little bit, doesn't that put said player in a very difficult position? Well, LeBron is playing with house money now. He knows that. That's one of the reasons why he went back. He could never be... Well, he can be, but he will never ultimately, uh, uh, you know, settle into the scapegoat role there in terms of uh, anybody blaming him for whatever. You're going to see a lot of people around him get fired if that's the case. <laughs> but, you know, as long as he's the, uh, the face of that franchise and he's the guy that everything is built around, he's going to flex his influence. And I think that's what you're seeing. You're seeing a guy who is flexing his influence 
and he's using it to the ultimate uh, ultimate ability. And I'm not saying it's fair. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not even saying it's prudent in terms of how you should run your franchise. But, you know, he's obviously earned that influence, and, uh, and he's definitely going to flex it as long as he can. Why is Kevin Love playing better, or at least more like the Kevin Love that we knew prior to last year? I, I think because he needed – once he sat out, and he talked about this when he was sitting out for the finals, you know, he, he realized, look, he has to figure out a way to fit in and, and find a way to make himself happy with playing. You know, he's totally revolutionized his game. He's more of a – you know, he's still getting some of the rebound numbers, but he's more of a stretch, you know, stretch three, stretch four now. Uh, of a nest player far more than a power player. It's amazing how he's transformed his body and his game since he's the league. So I think, you know, he's finding a way to fit in, and he's not complaining as much about or privately complaining as much about where, you know, where he, where his role needs to be. Plus it helps when you're healthy. And he's not dealing with the back issues that he dealt with last year. And, uh, and obviously now the shoulder is, is, is surgically repaired. So he's good to go physically, and as a result, we're seeing a better and more spry Kevin Love at this point. So for the Pelicans at 4-15, and 15, Michael, obviously if they were to beat Cleveland tonight, you'd have to say it was an upset, um, even though the Pelicans haven't been whole either, like you had talked about with the Cavaliers. Right. Um, right. But for the Pelicans, though, who have, have not played well defensively, they would need almost everything to go right uh, in order to, to start this homestand correctly tonight. But with that being said, are the Cavaliers vulnerable in any way to where a team like New Orleans here at home can catch them and maybe take one from them. Uh, yeah, definitely, especially if the Pelicans can push that pace and stay at that pace. We've seen, you know, Ish Smith play really well and find his spots in that in that offense there. You know, obviously they still have some guys that they want to work back into. You know, I mean, when you have so many guys either hurt or on minutes restrictions or just out of rhythm because they've been out so long, such as Norris Cole and some of those other guys, they can catch lightning in the bottle once in a while as they try to work their way back. I don't think it's in, you know insurmountable uh, or impossible for them to win against uh, Cleveland at this point. I mean, Cleveland is a, the first game of a back-to-back. They may be there may be some overlooking a little bit as LeBron prepares to go to Miami the very next night uh, to play his former team in the Heat. So it's an opportunity for you know for uh, for New Orleans, obviously, and we've seen how they can use that to their advantage before. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. it's happened before. You know, so you know again, I, I've seen that team. I was around New Orleans. Um, you know, for about two, three weeks during the preseason, I've had a chance to talk to Anthony Davis a couple times and, uh, you know, some of the role players as well during the preseason. And it's just unfortunate that, you know, the injuries hit them when they did because it was the most inopportune time, especially when you have a new coach trying to implement a new system on both sides of the ball. Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. Hey, Michael, before I let you go, let me ask you this. We're starting a new month here. Um, and aside from when the uh, Golden State Warriors will lose, uh, for you in the month of December <laughs> – uh, with the Christmas Day games on the horizon here, what what do you think are going to be the major storylines as we go through month number two of the NBA season? Well, I, you know, like you said, will the Golden State Warriors lose before December 25th? I mean, that's, I, I thought that would have been outlandish to even consider uh, before, you know, before the last couple of weeks. But, I mean, that's something that could happen. You know, obviously, you know, you expected Anthony Davis to be and the Pelicans to be a little bit further along coming into Miami on Christmas Day. I still think that's going to be an intriguing matchup. I can't wait to see him and Hassan Whiteside, you know, sort of do battle down in the post at some mm-hmm. point. Two of the most dynamic big guys in the league. So, you know, and Anthony Davis obviously is on an MVP level. Hassan Whiteside is just trying to get himself, you know, uh, get his legs under him in this league. But, you know, it's going to be a lot of intriguing matchups. But obviously that, that Golden State 
um, you know, their performance and what they're going to be able to do potentially on Christmas is going to be very special. Indeed. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the uh, the Miami Heat uh, and Cleveland Cavaliers uh, tomorrow. And, uh, and, Michael, I hope to see you soon, for sure on Christmas, but uh, maybe sooner than that. How about that? Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Thanks a lot, man. And just, uh, just keep Bourbon, you know, keep uh, Bourbon Street and Canal and all of those places uh, lively for me until I get there. Hey, Frenchman Street, have you done that yet? <laughs> you need to check out no, Frenchman Street. I'll let you take me through it. All right, <laughs> sounds good. Hey, by the way, how can folks follow you on Twitter, Michael, because it's worthwhile? Oh, yeah, it's uh, at mymike. Easy and, enough. Uh, you can follow me there on Twitter. My yep. Mike. M-Y-M-I-K-E, right? M- yeah, M-Y-M-I-K-E, check. Perfect. Yep. Perfect. My Mike, check. Oh, my Mike, check. Excuse me. All right. Yep. Right. right. Very good. Thanks for your time. Happy Friday to you, Michael. All right. Thank you. I appreciate it. You got it. Back in a moment. Life is busy. You need health care that can keep up. At Auctioner, we get that, so we've made our care more schedule-friendly, like offering same-day appointments. Need a primary care physician, a pediatrician, an OBGYN? We'll get you in to see someone today. Many of our specialists are available the same day, too. And with health centers all over Greater New Orleans, there's bound to be one near you. Many are open late and on weekends for your urgent care needs. And if it's something serious, Auctioner has you covered with nationally ranked care for your most complex conditions. Want additional convenience? Now you can make appointments with many of our physicians on our website. And once you become an Auctioner patient, you'll be able to do even more online, like email your doctors, see test results, and refill your prescriptions, all with a simple click. Make an appointment today at auctioner.org or call 866-AUCTIONER. Auctioner. Healthcare with peace of mind. It's Pelicans game day. This is the Black and Blue Report. Hey, as we talked about at the start of this podcast, you can be the talk of the NFL and the NBA this weekend with upset wins over the Cavaliers tonight at Smoothie King Center and the Panthers on Sunday at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. We'll hope for that. We'll talk about it. On Monday's Black and Blue Report, I really enjoyed this week's programs. Uh, of course, today was very good with Michael Wallace from ESPN.com and Mick Mixon of the Carolina Panthers. All right, do your part this weekend. Good positive energy, loud, even if it's your own living room. That'd be cool. And, uh, and we'll see how this all plays out. I have confidence. I have the faith. <laughs> Why not? I mean, it's sports. It makes it great. Hey, good luck to all the high school football teams competing this weekend, whether it be semifinal action with the uh, public schools or at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome and championships this weekend with the private schools. Uh, It's a special part of the fabric of our community, and so we wish them well and good health through this weekend, and we hope that you have a great weekend as well. Enjoy, everybody, and thanks again for being a part of what we do here at the Black and Blue Report. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back next week. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.